Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an absolutely wonderful day today. It's actually getting cool down here in Florida for once. It was in the 60s again this morning and yesterday, and it's actually nice. <laughs> it's not scalding hot like normal down here, but... Other news that I saw yesterday, and I actually talked to Ted about it when he was in the office, is that the Deputy Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, Wally Ademo, who's the second highest official in the Treasury Department, this is interesting, blatantly appeared to essentially publicly blackmail the sizable portion of the American population that hasn't been injected with gene therapy and essentially put everybody on notice that the only way to end the plague of empty shells around the country is for every person to be injected, despite viral photos depicting thousands of cargo ships lined up at the port of Los Angeles ready to unload the goods. The problem is a lot of the crane operators are not coming in. A lot of them are protesting. A lot of people aren't talking about this. But these crane operators, that's a very, very high skill set. That's not something you don't just go hire somebody, you know, from Walmart to go put them as a crane operator picking up giant cargo pieces off ships. And he blatantly said, the reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets injected. He said vaccinated, but that's not vaccine. It's an injection. Now, some have voiced doubt concerning whether the shortages are actually being introduced deliberately. A lot of people are starting to think up this think this is basically to gin up hatred against the unvaccinated or keep the American economy off balance as essentially everybody grows accustomed to wide distributions of this control grid that they're putting in place. And I think it's a combination of all of them. I think they're trying to get the American populace used to not having things and basically getting used to a third world country ideology. I think it's also basically to slow down the velocity of money. And I think they're also using it as a tool, just like this individual said, who's essentially the treasury in the treasury department is that they're going to make sure they punish everybody until people comply. Now, ironically enough, Harvard researchers just released a really big study, a new study published in the European Journal of Epidemiology, proves what we've been saying all along, that these injections are causing symptoms leading to COVID-19 diagnosis rather than preventing them. And it showed basically in the research that countries with the lowest COVID injection rate had the fewest cases of COVID compared to fully injected countries. The study looked at data from 68 countries and 2,947 counties in the United States. And it went on to say here, talked about Israel, talked about Portugal, said Israel with over 60% of their population fully injected had the highest COVID-19 case per 1 million people in the last seven days. Of the top five counties that have the highest percentage of population fully injected in the United States via the U.S. CDC identified them as the highest transmission counties. Ironically enough, Chattahoochee, Georgia, McKinley, New Mexico, Puerto Rico counties have above 90% of their population fully vaccinated, with all three being classified now as high-transmission counties. Conversely, of the 57 counties that have been classified as low-transmission counties by the CDC, only 26.3% are are fully vaccinated, 
majority of them and the lowest counts under 20%. So that shows you right there that obviously the numbers are completely and totally false that they're showing everybody on the fake news media. And this is why it's so important to make sure we're getting the truth out there about what's really going on. We're talking to more and more and more people. It's almost like every single day I talk to people. They come in the office or I talk to them on the phone or I get emails from them. And it's I'm, I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. Perfectly healthy individuals and their family or close friends went ahead and got injected and all of a sudden they died from COVID or died from complications within sometimes weeks later. And it's really, really sad. And what we're seeing now is the research is saying exactly what we have been saying the whole time. And so it is crucial to get this truth and get the news out there. But I thought that was interesting now when you have the basically the Treasury Department coming out now and telling everybody that this shortage that's happening is only happening because individuals aren't injected, which is a complete and total lie as far as the basis of it. Now, there may be a lot of people that are unwilling to get this experimental RNA gene therapy and they're walking off the job or they're being fired. That may be very true in some areas, but this shortage is not by any means unplanned or uncontrolled. They know exactly what's going on right now and they're controlling it from the very top down. What do you think, Deb? I think you're 100% right. You know, this whole thing is, is just, is an absolute pandemic. Like we talked about for the last two years. Uh, yesterday we had, uh, two of our listeners, good people, Roxanne and Stan, came in the office, and Sharon and I spent a good amount of time with them, with you, and and we talked about all of this stuff, and and basically Stan has been you know called back to work as far as a camera operator because you know he hasn't been vaccinated, and we're seeing this all over the country. So we have to ask ourselves who's running the world. Well, we know who's running the world. The international banking cartels have run the world for a long, long time, and they've worked and worked and worked to get a stranglehold on anything and then everything. I mean, religious exemptions now are, are posing new challenges to the COVID vaccine mandate, and more and more and more people are going in and doing what they possibly can from a religious standpoint. And many of their employers are saying, okay, but then a lot of their employers are saying no, that they're not going to allow them to do this. They don't really basically care about what's going on with the vaccine mandate. So we need to understand something. This this whole thing with this, you know, religious exemption, you know, it's Constitution. I mean, the religious exemptions are based on Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits employment discrimination based on religious beliefs or moral convictions. I'm going to repeat that. The religious exemptions are based on the Title VII of the Religious Rights, basically the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits employment discrimination based on religious beliefs or moral convictions. So, you know, if the if basically the Constitution is giving you a right, if it's doing this, the Civil Rights Act is doing this, what in the world do these guys think they're doing? Well, that's because they're above the Constitution, aren't they? I mean, Washington State's football coach was fired from his $3.2 million job after refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Yet he put in a religious exemption, but it was ignored. Washington State University has fired his football coach, Nick Rolovich, and four of his assistants. Rolovich has refused to get the COVID vaccine despite a statewide vaccine mandate, they, they, an unlawful statewide vaccine, vaccine mandate. Remember, this is not passed by the legislative branches. This is just a mandate they put out by some group of people to decide to act, act add another rule. 
the school said Rolovich had unsuccessfully asked for a religious exemption to the vaccines. Now, think about it for a second. Why is that? Why is it that we have all of these people out there basically saying, no, you can't have this? Remember I told you guys multiple times that Austin and I went to the college football game of you know, Florida State University playing you know, uh, you know, Auburn you know, way back when, to 2013, and how there was not one booth set up anywhere that said that Florida State had won. You could not buy a T-shirt or a jersey or a hat, though Florida State was heavily favored. Remember that? And basically when we asked, they didn't have any memorabilia whatsoever that Florida State was the national champion. And then you see the last drive of the game, basically when Jameis Winston was playing for us, and there was a blatant horse collar, blatant face mask right by the refs, and nobody called it. In fact, the commentators even said, well, that was a horse collar. That was a face mask. Nobody called it. Nobody called the downs back. And then they went down and made the final touchdown. Florida State didn't win the game, but they weren't supposed to win the game. That's why there was no memorabilia there. College football and athletics in general at the highest levels, especially the NFL at all levels, are controlled via the Vegas mobs, period, and through international betting syndicates and through organized crime. Whether you want to believe that or not, it doesn't matter to me. It's just the way it is. I saw that just blatantly in 2013 when we were out there. I think it was in 20th January of 2014 when we were at that game in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. And so this is what's happening everywhere. They're letting you know when they flex their collective muscles and they basically get fired, you know, because they don't want to take a vaccine and they lose a $3 million a year job. It's because they're showing it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a head football coach, you're going to get fired. Or if you want to put Martha Stewart in jail for insider trading, which a lot of these guys do on a regular basis, just to prove a point, they put Martha Stewart in jail. Or if you want to put Wesley Snipes in jail, doesn't make a difference. You want to put O.J. Simpson in jail, doesn't make any difference. You want to put Bill Cosby in jail, doesn't make a difference. They're going to put anybody they want to to prove a point to keep the fear narrative going. So you ask yourself, who in the world is doing this? Well, Archbishop, Archbishop Vigano, basically, he is the one who I really like in the Catholic Church. In fact, he should be their pope. He says the vaccine victims are sacrificed at the altar of Moloch. Quote, that's true, isn't it? We are at a war of good versus evil. The deep state and the deep church conspire against humanity. And, of course, he's, so when he talks about the deep church, he's talking about the church that's been completely compromised via the Schofield Reference Bible and the infusion of Masonic leaders into the churches, into the leadership, and into Christian TV. And we see this over and over and over and over again. So we have to ask ourselves a question. You know, what's really going on? Who's really controlling the narrative? And why are they doing this? And, you know, in our show, we do everything we possibly can to connect the dots. You know, a lot of people, they don't really, you know, connect the dots. They don't want to connect the dots. Why do they, they, they don't care about connecting the dots. They really don't because... They don't want you to know who's actually drawing the cartoon that we're living in. And this was what it's turned into, hasn't it? It's turning into a, an unbelievable clown show cartoon. And, and once you get this and you start seeing how bad this is, you start to realize that, hey, wait a minute. This isn't okay. This isn't all right. How in the world have we got ourselves into this situation? And why in the world have we allowed it to happen? Well, it's because of the takeover of the United States government by Mossad. You think, well, Ted, really? I said, yeah, that's really what's happened. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Nobody, everybody forgets to talk about him anymore. 
He was a Mossad agent along with just Lane Maxwell, and he blackmailed over a 1,000 U.S. officials with his sex scheme and his underage trafficking of girls and children with literally thousands of sex victims. That was Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, remember, oh, he was killed. No, he wasn't. I don't believe for one second he's dead. The cameras suddenly turn off in the prison where he's in. The cameras suddenly turn off in the hallway. There's no record or video evidence of how, how he, quote, died. And suddenly they quickly whisk a body out that doesn't even match up from a, how should I say, the earlobes or the nose or anything else with Jeffrey Epstein when you see the profile of it, like it was a body double. Oh, come on, guys. You know, we're smarter than that. I don't believe for one second the man's dead. He's in a non-extradition country, probably having undergone extensive plastic surgery. That non-extradition country would probably be Israel. Why? You say, why are you picking on Israel? I'm not picking on Israel. But you got to understand something. The amount of power they do, they have, and they control on mostly the Congress and the Senate is unbelievable. You know, the, the, the APAC, the American-Israeli Political Action Committee, they have over 40,000 employees in the United States, 40,000 employees and, and basically people that are volunteering. 40,000? That's a big corporation, guys. And they're out there pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, what they want as far as the lobbyists in D.C., as far as they want what Israel's supposed to get, whatever that's supposed to mean. You know, it was primarily through the Balfour Declaration during World War One that the United States, basically in England, decided to push the state of Israel. And we've talked about this many, many, many times. But let's go back in history for just one second. This is an article that Paul Craig Roberts basically posted. But here's his headline for it. Israel has so much power over the U.S. government and the U.S. military that Israel can attack a U.S. Navy ship and kill and injure most of the crew. And then enlist, enlist the president of the United States in a cover-up so complete that survivors and the U.S. media are puzzled. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about what happened with the USS Cole. And, you know, and we're going to cover that in just the first second. I mean, we really got to cover this because every once in a while, you know, we got to talk about stuff like this that the media has completely buried that nobody wants to talk about. Remember, I mean, it wasn't the cult. It was the Liberty. This is the Liberty. It was a, this is an article from America Pravda, and it's posted on the UNS Review. And, and basically, here's what it says. Concealing the deliberate Israeli attack. Now, first of all, let me stop here for a second with the Liberty. This was a spy ship. It was operating off the coast of Israel. That's a fact. And some people say, and I can't vet this, that they had intercepted some messages from a massive, basically, how should you say, attack on Palestinians and the extermination of a whole bunch of basically Palestinians, and they were witness to it and had it on videotape and audio tape or whatever they were doing. I don't know. I can't vet that. And that's one of the reasons the ship came under attack. Now, let me, let me preface what I'm going to say by saying that, but the reality is I can't vet that because I wasn't there and I'm not privy to all of this stuff. And then it, go, it goes on. The story goes on. I'm not exactly sure when I first heard of the Liberty incident of 1967. The story was certainly a dramatic one, the attack upon an almost defenseless American intelligence ship flying the American flag by Israeli air and naval forces late in the Six-Day War fought against several Arab states. That's why I think it was because of what they had done to some of these people in the Six-Day War. Over 200 American servicemen were killed or wounded by Israeli machine guns, rockets, napalm, and torpedoes, representing the greatest naval loss of life since World War II. Only tremendous luck and the heroic actions of the sailors prevented the liberty from being completely sunk with all hands lost, which was the intent of the Israeli military. 
the Israeli government quickly claimed that the attack had been accidental, okay, flying American colors, a consequence of mistaken identification of the fog of war lie, but none of the survivors ever believed the story true, nor did any of America's top political or military leaders, notably Secretary of State Dean Rusk, CIA Director Richard Helms, and numerous top officers, including the later chairman of this Joint Chiefs of Staff. They did not believe anything Israel said. Although a brief investigation ordered by President Johnson quickly endorsed the Israeli account, over the next half a century, the Liberty survivors regularly condemned the official verdict as a cover-up and a whitewash. Their deep outrage was only slightly assuaged by the flood of medals they have received from our guilt-ridden government, once established the Liberty as perhaps the most highly decorated ship in American naval history, at least in regard to a single engagement. The real-life events of that day almost seemed like a script out of Hollywood. The first wave of unmarked attacking jets had targeted and destroyed all of Liberty's regular transmission antennas to prevent them from calling for help, while also trying to jam all standard American broadcast frequencies to prevent any calls for help. A flotilla of torpedo boats later machine-gunned the life rafts to ensure there would be no survivors. They sunk the life rafts. These relentless attacks lasted for more than an hour and completely perforated the vessel, with the sides and the decks being pitted by more than 800 holes larger than a man's fist, including 100 rocket hits, were six to eight inches wide, and a 40-foot hole below the waterline produced by a torpedo strike. Yeah, that's how much they shot this wanted to sink this boat. Only a miracle kept the ship afloat. But the desperate sailors braved constant enemy fire to jury-rig a single transmission antenna, allowing them to send out an urgent plea for help. Their SOS was finally received by our nearby Sixth Fleet, whose commanders immediately dispatched two waves of jet fighters to rescue the Liberty and drive off the attackers, only to have both flights recalled, listen to this, by order of America's highest political leadership, which chose to abandon the Liberty and its crudered fate to allow it to be sunk. At the end of two large heli- at the end, two large helicopters filled with Israeli commandos dressed in full battle gear and armed with assault weapons were preparing to board the Liberty to make sure they had killed everybody on board to sweep its decks and clear any resistance and then sink it. But at that moment, their headquarters apparently discovered the ship had managed to report its plight to other American military forces. So the enemy, which was Israel, broke off the attack and retreated. The first American assistance finally arrived 17 hours after the first shots had been fired as two destroyers reached the stricken vessel, which was still desperately trying to stay afloat. How many of you have heard this story as far as in detail like this? I mean, this is incredible. When you really realize what these guys did, what Israel did to cover up their atrocities, the Six-Day War, it's unbelievable. Liberty, America's most advanced electronic surveillance ship, the Liberty had one of the most unique profiles in the Navy, with the top side covered by an enormous array of different communications antennas, even including a 32-foot satellite dish, which was immediately shot across broken to pieces to bounce signals off the moon. By contrast, the Egyptian vessel that they say they thought it was, was a decrepit old horse transport, just a fraction of the size, which had been rusting away in the port of Alexandria. By nearly all accounts, the air and naval forces deployed against the Liberty were completely unmarked. The Israelis were disguising their origins. None of the calls for help set out mentioned the identity of the attackers, which the victims only discovered near the very end of the sustained engagement. If the Israeli Israeli forces had merely been striking against an assumed Egyptian military vessel, why would they have bothered to conceal their nationality? 
Despite repeated Israeli claims to the contrary, the Liberty had a very large and very visible American flag flying at all times. And when the first one was shot down by the Israelis and destroyed in the earlier attack, an even larger Stars and Stripes was quickly hoisted to prove it was an American flag. Israeli surveillance planes had repeatedly flown over the Liberty all morning, sometimes so low the faces of the pilots could be seen. From the moment the attack began, Israelis' electronic jamming had been employed. The Israelis claimed that, the initially, that they initially assumed the Liberty was a warship because it was traveling at a high speed of nearly 30 knots. But the ship's speed during the entire period had been five knots. The attack on the Liberty was a massive and coordinated action lasting one to two hours and involved waves of jet fighters, three torpedo boats, a couple of large helicopters loaded with commandos. The initial strike destroyed all of the communications. After the attack had ended, the Israelis said to, it was an error that they had done. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This really happened in international waters. And again, Israel had such power over the United States, such power over our administration, according to Paul Craig Roberts, that the government and U.S. military said that Israel can attack a U.S. Navy ship and kill and injure most of the crew. And then unless Lyndon B. Johnson, the president of the United States, in a cover-up so complete that survivors and the U.S. media are muzzled. Think about that for a second, guys. Who controls both houses of Congress? This was 60 years ago. And it was already that complete, that complete. So we got to think through this. Was it all because they're trying to produce and allow Israel to become the world leader in everything? That we're going to have the world ruled from Tel Aviv, from the Israeli Supreme Court through Noahide laws? That's what a lot of people think. That's where it seems to be going. But I want to bring this to you in detail as a memorial and as out of respect those liberty survivors who took that and took that and took that hour to two hour attack just i mean rocket i mean just unbelievable that ship stayed afloat and these guys were so amazing and they were so decorated after that guys think about who runs the planet the jewish mafia the italian mafia the american mafia organized crime the chinese mafia this list goes on and on from mafioso groups that run drugs out of Southeast Asia, that run drugs out of Afghanistan, that produce huge amounts of fentanyl, allowing them now to shut down a lot of their poppy fields in Afghanistan because organized crime, working with the central banks, working with the Rothschild banking cartel, answering to their god, their snake god, Einsoff, and their sacrifices to Moloch, according to this priest from the Catholic Church, by the sacrifice of all these victims under these coronavirus vaccines and these abortions, they're the ones who run the they're the ones who run the planet, and they have been working with and being controlled by these ancient Canaanite gods of Baal and Moloch and Asherah for the last thousands of years, and they continue to do so. They want their old world order back, and they're doing everything they possibly can to bring that into fruition. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Uh, well, you nailed it on the head. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people don't know about that story. And I mean, just, just according to what the ugly truth and multiple blogs and multiple research has shown currently right now from what they say online, I, I can't say this as far as I personally know these individuals, but what it says online currently up to date is that 112 Congress are dual Israeli citizens. That's what it says online. 
I've got a lot of names, a whole lot of lists that I've seen, and I've looked at a lot of them, and a lot of them were pretty legitimate. And I've always asked people before, why does that seem okay to anyone else but me? What what if we had a hundred congressmen and women that were dual Chinese citizens? That would that get everybody's attention then? People look at that a little bit different. Or what if they were dual Russian American citizens in Congress? Oh yeah, I get everybody's attention real fast. No, we just we just we don't talk about that. We don't talk about anything else with them. Why is it okay? Well, because find out who you can't criticize, and you'll find out who rules you real quick. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I find deeply irritating and disturbing now as I've continued, continued to plead with a lot of families, a lot of parents, that they need to be proactive in what's going on in their kid's school. If they're still in a public school or a private school, the parents really, really have to get active now. You guys remember the story I told you that was on Fox from uh, roughly, what, a month, month and a half ago? out in Las Vegas where the children were basically having their masks taped on their face. Well, apparently now this is becoming the new normal in public school systems. I'm not joking. Teachers at Colorado Springs Middle School now have been busted taping painter's tape, taping and taking painter's tape and forcing the children to tape their mask on their face. I kid you not. And what now parents are calling out in Colorado Springs, full-blown child abuse. One of the girls, a sixth grader, Riley M., sixth grader, guys. This girl is in sixth grade. She sends, she takes a photo of herself, a selfie of herself in class with painter's tape all over her face with her mask taped on her face. You look it up online. Sends it to her mom and says, I don't know what to do, mom. The teacher's walking around class basically like Gestapo, with a roll of blue painter's tape on her wrist like a bracelet. And when any of the children have their mask fall below their nose when they're talking or they're moving around or they fidget with their mask, she immediately comes over to them and hands them a roll of painter's tape and tells them forcibly to take the mask on their face and they're going to the principal's office and going to detention. This is how sadistic these piece of garbage teachers are in some of the public school systems right now. The fact that this is still happening boggles my mind that so many parents are still not in full-blown uprising about this. Now, apparently, when this Riley girl sent this to her mom, her mom had a complete and total conniption fit. And apparently, a bunch of the parents found out and got multiple photos from multiple children. This has been going on in multiple classes. And now they basically are not only going against the school board, they're also filing suit, which they need to. And the sad part about this is, guys, when you look back and you just step back from this for a second, can you imagine? I mean, I, I know when you, I remember when I was being, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, your kid, your teenager, you're, you're going through that time, you know, where you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, 15 years old, this phase, trying to figure out who you are trying to figure out how you fit into this big world. And, I mean, I can't even understand how psychologically devastating this would be to be in a class where already all the children are muzzled like dogs and treated like animals. And then as soon as a mask goes below your nose, you're forcibly taped with painter's tape, having pulled on your face. 
so you can't remove the mask in class. I, I, I don't even know what to say about this anymore. I really don't. And what's crazy about this now is Riley's mother said, she told the school board that forcing these kids to wear muzzles in general is going to cause long-term psychological damage. She said it's developing some sort of mentality in our children where this kind of restraint over their face is becoming normal, and it's not. She said your face is you. That's how people know you. And now just doubling down on hiding you and not letting you breathe is just conformity to the absolute extreme. And she's right on that, except I'll take it a step further. It's way past conformity. It's all about social control, and it's all about training. I said that at the local school board in Polk County when I brought up all these research studies and all these clinical studies about how masks do not stop the spread of viruses or flu or COVID. had a whole pile of them. And I said, so if the masks don't work and you're forcing these children to wear masks, the only logical reason that you would be doing this to this, these children is psychological training to get them to submit. I told them that. So this is, this is asinine on the highest level. And this is where it's going. This is why I was so adamant and so militant last year about the doggone mask when they came out and people getting in arguments and yelling and telling you it's mandated. This and that. I said, dude, who are you? You're not – what are we, the Stoppo brown shirts down? You run around, you're the mask Nazis, and sure enough, everybody ran into those. Complete and total lunatics. And then taking a step further in the school system, now a video has basically surfaced of a high school in Ohio where the – Parents went to the school board and pitched a fit about critical race theory being in the school. The school board said they absolutely were not having that curriculum in the school. Multiple teachers said they were not having CRT in the school. And then a video now out of Franklin Woods Intermediate School shows a teacher lecturing children how if the children don't engage in anti-racist activism like going to BLM rallies and they don't go to BLM rallies, that means that they're intentionally enabling racism. The teacher talks in general about being an activist and brings the book Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You, written by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X, which are key figures and huge people in the CRT movement who are making a lot of money by spreading the rhetoric all across the school boards. And so now this video surfaced. And the school board and the teachers don't know what to do because they blatantly said, we're not teaching this. We're not talking about this. We're not promoting this in the school. And now they're caught on camera teaching this. It is so important you talk to your kids, my friends. It is so important you understand what they're teaching them. I've said this before, and I don't say this term loosely. The public schools have turned very blatantly into communist indoctrination camps. I say that succinctly. They are indoctrinating these children to be good little communists. They are teaching them that Karl Marx is great. They're teaching them that socialism and communism are fantastic. And when you do this to a young generation long enough, once they get older, they don't understand that it's bad. They think because they've been taught for years on end that this is the way it is. This is what you're supposed to learn. This is how it's supposed to be. And this is exactly what they're rolling in now, all the way from these lockdowns to the restrictions to these stupid vaccine passports the majority of people are not participating in to now the carbon passports that I brought up yesterday that are blatantly being rolled out now and not even trying to be hidden anymore in plain sight. They're just straight putting them in plain sight. 
is so important. We continue to keep raising little Americans. You stay proactive in your child's education, Dad. What do you think? Uh, you know, Austin, this is why I brought up the Frankfurt School, and this is why I brought up communism and cultural Marxism at the school board meeting. And yep. this is why they looked at me like they wanted to kill me, especially the lesbian. I mean, she was about to have a conniption fit. You know, oh, the, uh, we do have a lesbian on the school board. Just thought I'd mention that. And, and, and the whole thing about it, and she, and she ran openly as a lesbian. It wasn't like she was trying to hide it. Everybody knew she was a lesbian, and they still voted for her. And so you got to ask yourself a question. How the heck did that happen? I mean, well, apparently people liked, liked her, I guess. I mean, I don't know. But the looks that I was getting from that school board were unbelievable. And they made sure I got my 180 seconds. <laughs> and the like, timer's done. I'm like, okay. You know, so, I mean, so it's just crazy. But, you know, uh, you know, there's a term used for women that are really weird. And, you know, it's almost always the women who start on you about the masks or the mandates or the vaccines or whatever. Though I haven't occasionally had a man do that. But it's almost always the women. And, you know, there's a term for that now. It's called a Karen. But I've got a good friend of mine who listens to the show, and her name is Karen. And when I used the term Karen one time, she fussed at me. I said, okay. I said, I'll use the term Jezebel from now on, which is more, I think, more more appropriate because there are a lot of good people out there that are named for Karen. But you know, these Jezebels are real, and they're they're out there. And you think, what the heck? Well, you can read about the Old Testament about Jezebel and Ahab and, and the prophets of Baal and the priestesses of Baal and all the other stuff. But, guys, here's the thing. I remember one time I was, I was getting off an airplane. You know, I was in Greece. Less. I think it was a Mykonos or maybe in Athens. I don't remember. We were flying from island to island out there. And, and I remember we got off the plane and Trump had just won the election. And some girl starts talking about politics. And I talked about Trump. And at that point, I was supporting Trump. And she said, well, Trump's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. He's a fascist. And I'm like, why? Why? She's a young girl, early 20s. And she just went nuts when I asked her why. I started yelling and screaming. Her mom got really embarrassed. She was a cheerleader at one of the major universities here in the South. But she had been basically indoctrinated into cultural Marxism so much that Trump had to be a fascist because her teachers had said she was, he was a fascist, apparently, because she couldn't come up with this, and I, any reason whatsoever that he was a fascist. Now, at that point, I was still endorsing Trump, which I don't do anymore. You guys know that. But she actually went berserk on the doggone shuttle from the airplane to the to the to the to the to the head area there the head head area where the planes were parked and I thought this is you know this is to the terminal building and I thought this is crazy that she would get this angry about this you know in a foreign country no less and then there was another one I ran to another Jezebel this is an interesting story and I'm going to tell you I'm telling you these two stories right now because I'm trying to bring some levity into this show today but these stories when they were happening they weren't funny but you know you look back on them and they're they're kind of weird with how these Jezebels these witches are involved we were at Epcot one day. It was me and Sharon and Austin and, you know, Lana and Hunter and no, no one Hunter it was Harrison, Alexis and Savannah. All of us were there and we were riding on a ride called Soren, which is like a hang gliding event. And we were basically having a fun time and we were laughing and we were joking, you know, during the ride. We had a blast. We really do. We were having a good time. And at the end of the ride, it gets, it lets you back down and some girl walks over to me. She's like 22, 23 years old and, she says to me, uh, you need to come with me to, to security. And I looked at her and I said, who are you? She goes, well, you guys were laughing on the ride. <laughs> God, I can't make this up. It's a theme park. You're supposed to laugh. And I mean, we weren't cussing or anything like that. We were laughing. And, uh, you know, Sharon was kidding and we, I mean, we had a great time. And I said, so I said, so who are you? She goes, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person on the ride with you. I'm just, you know, I'm a visitor here today and you guys disturbed us on the ride and I need to take you to security to have you thrown out of the park. Guys, I'm not joking. And I looked at her and I said, get away from me, you little brat. That's what I said to her. And she goes, you come with me to security right now. I said, oh, gosh. There were, there were, I think there were five of them. 
and they were all Jezebels. She was the lead Jezebel, the lead witch. And so we, uh, we decided, I told Austin, I said, we need to get away from this person. She's nuts. I don't know. She's not had her medication today. I don't know what's going on with her. So we walked out and finally she's yelling and screaming at us while we're walking out saying that we need to have security. So finally I went over to a man at a stand and he basically was, he wanted to hear what she had to say. And then she said, so I stopped with her. I did. I, I just to get her to stop yelling, I stopped and she said to the guy from Disney, these people were laughing on the ride. I want them extracted from the park. And the guy looked at her and she goes, he goes, it's a theme park. They're supposed to laugh. <laughs> They're supposed to have fun. And so then I just said, okay, we're done. So I walked away. Well, she follows this audience. This is like, a, you know, a thousand feet to the entrance to the escalators. And finally she jumps in front of me at the escalator and starts screaming, getting right in my face. And I thought to myself, this girl's got some serious screws loose. So I walked around her and went up the stairs. I just said, I'm not going to be involved with this. This lady's trying to provoke something. I have no idea what. She's probably trying to get free Disney tickets or free, free stays or something or free passes or whatever. I walked around and I thought, oh, dear Lord, I just, just get away from this woman. Well, you know, they sat, the rest of the group sat at the escalator. They finally went up the escalator. And then so we walked outside and she's still following us. Her and her whole group following us. You know, Epcot, you know, there's a big lake there. And so finally some guy walked up from Epcot and says, well, you know, this lady has complained about you and you need to stay with me and talk to security. I looked at the guy and said, look, dude, lady's nuts. Something's wrong with her. We're going to leave. I said, if you want to have security, come get us. That's fine. But I'm not going to sit here. There's all these Looney Tunes. We already talked to one of you guys. And so we walk all the way around the lake at Epcot. I mean, we, go, we walk to the other side of the lake into the American exhibit over there. And sure enough, she's still following us. So we sat down and we got something to eat. And we were sitting at the table. And finally, Disney security walks up. I kid you not, guys. This is a true story. It's all because of this Jezebel. And she, what Disney security walks up and says, we're asking you to stay here or Orlando County Sheriff's Department or whoever it was the police. Somebody had been dispatched. And I'm like, what? Well, yeah, she said you assaulted her talking to me. I said, she said I assaulted her. I said, all I wanted to do is get away from the little Jezebel. Something's wrong with her. She had had her meds today. Well, this is escalated now. Police are on, in transit. They're going to be here momentarily. This is all happening at Epcot, right? And I said, Fine, no problem. So it was about five o'clock. It took a while for him to get there. It was in the like February, it started getting cold. We weren't dressed in jackets because it was warm. We got there. All the kids were with us. Finally, sure enough, we're sitting there for almost an hour. The police show up. The police show up and they go, "Well, you know, we've got a formal complaint filed that you know that your son Austin has assaulted this woman." I said, "My son assaulted her? It's not true." I said, "What the heck?" So he said, "Well, what? So it's not me now. Now it's my son. So they've already changed your story. Oh no, it's your son." And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a nightmare. So we sat there, and they were going to arrest Austin because of this Jezebel screaming and yelling over there with her friends. And finally, I told the officer I came over, I said, before you do this, why don't you do me a favor? You know, this is basically abusive process. In the state of Florida, that carries civil penalties. So why don't you tell her and her little friends that we're going to file an abusive process civil suit against her and her friends and drag her back down to her deposition. So we're going to basically petition and get all of your – cameras to show that nobody assaulted this little jezebel and he looked at me he goes oh you know the law and i said well i know a little bit about the law and i said but i know what abusive process is and that's what this is so you need to let her know what's fixing to happen this ain't going to be what she thinks it's going to be this isn't some kind of big you know fantasy fairy tale that she's getting to live here at disney world being a jezebel throwing her little weight around for something that nobody did besides laugh on a ride so he walks back over to her, and he comes back, and he goes, oh, well, she's changed her mind now. She doesn't want to press charges. I said, I thought so. 
I thought so. And I said, how unbelievable. Also, and also, also knows this story. I'm being 100% oh, yeah. accurate. And I said, how funny this is that this girl has that kind of authority as a Jezebel to pitch a little <clears throat> fit and basically act like this in the middle of a theme park. And now remember, we had police all around us at Epcot, like we were some kind of criminals. And think about it for a second. Is that where we're going in this country with the COVID Nazi Jezebel mandate? Are we having people so convinced to their right that they're completely forget about the First Amendment right and the freedom of religion right and everything else that we have in this country in our Constitution to try to force their mandates on us so that everybody can be a Jezebel or be a weirdo or be a person who hasn't had their medication today and try to force their will on everybody else? Oh, that's true, though. Isn't that, that is what's happening, isn't it, Austin? We have transgenders now who are basically breastfeeding their children who are guys with fake breasts. I mean, this is some sick stuff. These people are mentally ill, but we're catering to them and we're giving them rights over us. And we talked about this on yesterday's show. Guys, where has the United States gone? Are we going to all have our Epcot experience now? Are we going to all have law enforcement called because we don't want to wear a mask? Remember, we talked about it yesterday. You know, we walked into the school board meeting. We asked the sheriff walking out, are you going to arrest us because we don't have a mask on? Absolutely not. There's no law against not wearing a mask in Polk County. So where is this going to go? But remember, I was up there in Orlando, up in Orange County, up in a super liberal, liberal county. I guess where the, les- where the lesbians and the Jezebel still rule the world. Oh, that's right. That's like it was back in the uh, pre-Jesus days, wasn't it? When the Jezebels and the witches ruled the world with their ancient Canaanite religions. Yeah. Let's talk about that some other time on another show. Awesome. What do you think of what your story next door, bud? <laughs> well, that was- that was that was well said, and, and to clarify to everybody who hasn't heard that story before, that was about uh, 10, 11 years ago. I no longer go to Disney, neither does Dad. I don't associate with that company anymore. I had gone a few more times after that and pretty much had found that people don't understand Disney is pretty much the beta test for full surveillance police state with facial recognition software. Let me explain this real quick to you so everybody knows this is why I'm not a fan of Disney. Dad's not a fan of Disney. I found out real quick firsthand on numerous occasions now how incredibly effective and what it's like to live when you go into Disney, basically to walk around, in a full-blown monitored police state. What one part he didn't mention is that same day when we went into Epcot, that very beginning, before we went to the turnstiles, I was walking in. Dad was parking the car. I was going in the turnstiles. The same same day. And I'm walking in the turnstiles. And literally out of nowhere, it was like that movie Mr. Deeds with the butler. Because I'm 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 very, very sneaky. This, this dude shows up out of nowhere. Security contractor. As soon as I saw him out of the corner of my eye, I knew exactly how he was. Plain clothes, earpiece, carrying a pistol under his shirt, buttoned up. You couldn't have been a more obvious security contractor. I saw him out of the corner of my eye, and he just shows up out of nowhere. He walks right up to me. He goes, sir, I need to talk to you for a second. I said, what, what's the problem, but I'm going into Disney. He said, sir, I need to know if you're carrying a firearm on your person. So I'm going into Disney. I'm not carrying a firearm on my person. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to pull your shirt up real quick, or we're going to have to detain you. So you're going to detain me? For what? He said, sir, are you carrying a firearm? I said, okay, whoa, before this escalates, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going into Disney. I said, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not carrying a gun into Epcot right now. Calm down. I pulled my shirt up. He said, okay, that's fine. Have a nice day. It just turns around and disappears. 
And I'm like, okay, that already started the day off weird. And then the situation continued to happen with that one girl, as Dad said. And let me tell you, this is the final straw that I ever had with Disney. Was in downtown Disney, which is a outside open mall area. This is this is not a theme park. If anybody's been there before, this is not a theme park. They had well, I don't know if they do now. They had no metal detectors, nothing there. It's it literally like an outside mall. And this was about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And I took Lana and my two kids, Hunter and Kendall. Kendall's real small, little stroller. Hunter was like three at the time. And I took him to downtown Disney. Lana wanted to go there. She wanted to go shopping. I said, that's fine. Let's go shopping. I'll take you guys down there. I still had a disdain for Disney, but I said, it's downtown Disney. It's like a mall. It's, just, it's like a shopping mall. I said, it's cool. Walk around. We'll go get some food. So we're walking. We've been there for mm, 10 minutes walking around. And I see another security contractor armed with K9 over and by this building. And so I'm walking. I'm not, I'm not minding, you know, I'm not doing anything illicit. I did have my Glock 43 on me concealed under my shirt, which I can legally do because I have a Florida concealed carry permit. And I had a jacket on. So I wasn't brandishing a weapon. I wasn't profiling. I had nothing sticking out of my shirt. And I'm walking, minding my business. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like Mr. Deeds again. This contractor sneaks right up on me with a dog, catching out of the corner of my eye. He goes, sir, I need to talk to you for a second. I said, dude, what's going on? He said, sir, are you carrying a firearm? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm obviously profiled here. And I said, well, you know what? As a matter of fact, I am. All of a sudden he goes, dispatch, 1099. I need Orange County Sheriff's Department dispatch. I have an individual with a firearm right now on the premises. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I'm here with my family my kids. I'm just trying to hang out and go get some food. And he goes, sir, you're being detained right now. Orange County PD is en route. And within two to three minutes, a total of seven total security contractors and Orange County sheriffs had me and my entire family surrounded. And I'm looking at the one cop. And I'm looking. I said, dude, why are you flanking me, man? I said, why are you guys getting on me like this? He said, so you're, you're carrying a firearm? I said, yeah, I'm carrying a firearm. I can legally carry a firearm in the state of Florida. I said, why are you guys getting around me like this? And I don't like this. He said, sir, you need to go put your firearm back in the vehicle right now, or you're basically going to be arrested. I said, I'm not putting my firearm in the back of the vehicle. I'm not disarming for anybody. If you want me to leave the property, I will leave the property because this is private property, and I respect that. They said, okay, you're being escorted off the property now with your family. And I said, this is unbelievable. So they sent a security contractor with me to make sure they escorted me all the way to my vehicle. And I was talking to the contractor, and I started kind of just you know, shooting back and forth with him. And he started to loosen up as we're walking. And I told him, I said, the, sheriff, the, the guy, first guy came up with a canine and said he alerted to me. He said the canine alerted to me is what he told me and asked me about a firearm. And I said, I know that wasn't true. I said, there's hundreds of people walking around. Canada's not going to alert to me carrying a firearm on her jacket. He said, well, to be honest with you, when it went over the radio, he said, you got flagged on facial recognition. He said, as soon as you came in, they are, had already spotted you. And he said, so they were going to detain you at some point. And I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. He said, you got flagged as soon as you walked in. He said, they have facial recognition software everywhere. Everywhere. They see everything. And I talked to another contractor later on about this, and he said not only is their facial recognition software some of the highest quality in the world, they beta test a lot of it for Homeland Security, and they actually have cameras that will watch when you walk in now and watch your cadence the way you walk, and they can determine if your movement, your hip movement, your leg movement 
is basically showing that you're carrying something on your person under your shirt, whether it's a firearm, whether it's a big cell phone, whatever it is, it will flag you. And once you get flagged in the database with Disney, you are immediately red flagged every time you come on the premises with facial recognition. As soon as you show up, you immediately get flagged on their cameras in the back room, and they dispatch contractors or law enforcement. That is what living in a full-blown police state is like. So you want to get an idea of what it's like? Go to Disney and understand that when you're a patriot and you're an American and you're a law-abiding citizen that carries a firearm to make sure you can protect your family at any and all times, that's what happens to you. That is a small glimpse of what they're trying to put nationwide all over the country. Don't believe me? Look at what happened January 6th with people walking into the Capitol. Gives you a very clear indication of where they're trying to take this dab. What do you think? Well, you know, Disney, you know, they called Epcot the environmental prototype community of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Disney's dystopian George Orwellian view of tomorrow where everybody can be detained, everybody can be questioned, everybody can be accused, everybody can have all these issues. Yeah, me and Disney, we, I mean, I used to have annual passes to Disney because we had the Florida residence pass. And we used to go there all the time when the kids were little. I mean, we literally would go there once or twice a week because it was something to do. You know, and the kids would love it. They'd love to do the rides. They'd love to walk around Epcot. They'd like to do the stuff at Disney. And then the more and more I started realizing the satanic imagery there and how much involvement they were as far as in the witchcraft. And then I could never get past that one thing, that one movie they had come up with, you know, back 70 years ago, Fantasia, with that giant demon. And they used to have that Fantasia and that parade they used to have there, you know, at the MGM Studios. And they had so many kids screaming and running away. They had to stop doing that because of the complaints from the parents. I mean, it's a demonic-inspired group. That's all this is. And Disney was a high-level mason. Oh, surprise, surprise, surprise. And just like, you know, Schofield. <laughs> Schofield, the guy who wrote the Schofield Reference Bible, surprise, surprise, was a high-level mason, 33-degree mason. Untermeyer was a mason. All of these guys are all involved in this. They're the highest levels of Masonic leaders and basically committed and dedicated their lives to Lucifer. It's the group that runs the planet. I mean, that's what we talk about. That's why that, that archbishop that we quoted earlier, I mean, he's so right. All of these things they're doing with these vaccines are just sacrifices to Baal. And Moloch, just like the bombing of Dresden, was a satanic Luciferian sacrifice, just like 9-11 was the same thing. There's a book out there. It's called The, the Most Dangerous Book in the World, 9-11 as a Mass Sacrifice. And this book, you can't get it anymore. Apparently, it's out of print, but boy, it's expensive for used copies. And it basically goes into detail on the Illuminati, quote-unquote, Masonic, Satanic imagery and the numerology that they used as far as the 9-11 <laughs> sacrifice and what it was being used for. I did a whole show on this a few years ago. But guys, listen to me for one second, please. When I tell you who's running the planet, I'm not making this stuff up. When I give you the insight of what these guys are doing, it's because I've done so much research, and I've probably read now at this point over 100,000 articles because I read so many every single day in order to try to understand who's doing this. And every time you get to the nexus of the spider web, it's always these guys. David Icke wrote a really good book. Now, I don't agree with about 10% of what David Icke says. He's not a Christian, so you got to stay away from that part of his teaching because he gets really on the side. He really goes sideways on that stuff with the, with the non-Christianity stuff. But remember, the only church he knows about is the Church of England, which is totally corrupt. So 
that's his basis on what Christianity is. I can understand his understanding of why he feels that way, but he's completely wrong with this. Don't get caught up in that stuff what he talks about. He wrote a book called Trigger. 9-11 was the trigger. I mean, the book's Trigger. you got to read that book. It's a big old thick thing. But he goes into detail on this, but avoid the stuff about the Christianity stuff. But he goes into detail on the Mossad and who was involved in Israel and the Rothschild banking Kabbalist Luciferian network that runs the world and who triggers all of this stuff. And they use, they use 9-11 as their right, I guess, to pass the Patriot Act to give NSA unbelievable powers and to come in now and lock us down. And I guess to get rid of the Civil Rights Act and allow us to be thrown out of our jobs and our positions for medical reasons. I mean, and for religious reasons. I mean, unbelievable this is happening in the United States and once was one of the greatest countries of the world, America. That was the shining light on the hill that so many people came to to escape the tyranny in their own countries. That's why they came here with the Frankfurt School. That's why they went into Columbia University. That's why they pushed cultural Marxism, because they had to put out the light. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice in it. I want to give you a few of those stories just to lighten things up some today. But guys, always remember, God's not being taken by surprise. He's still on the throne. He's on the present. He saw this coming. He warned us about it in the Bible. He gave us a heads up. He's got your back. He always has, and he always will. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And also, too, more evidence and truth about what really happened on January 6th. Now, if you've seen this footage, it's got released yesterday. The DOJ was fighting to keep this stuff hidden. And uh, it's two security camera footages that face opposite directions in a small hallway from about 2.25 p.m. to 3 p.m. on January 6th. And it shows police opening the doors and letting peaceful supporters enter the Capitol without incident, while then they turned around and the protesters followed the law enforcement through the hall, completely contradicting how allegedly law enforcement was so overwhelmed and they basically had the Capitol overthrown and this violent overthrow with people breaking in. There were some people there that were out of line. I will admit that. There were some people there that vandalized stuff, and that's not okay. It's not okay to go in and start breaking anything, quite frankly. I mean, that, that's not right. But turning around and doing what the FBI has done now, still having over, what, almost 600 people that have now been federally indicted with asinine charges like trespassing, misdemeanor and trespassing, having basically the FBI kick in their door six, seven, eight months later and extract them and take them back to Washington, D.C. and hold them without pretrial release pretty much indefinitely now from what we've seen until the trials are going to be over. I mean, is this really where we're going to allow this to go now? There's a reason why the Second Amendment was put into place, and it wasn't hunting deer, and it wasn't for hunting rabbits. Let's be very clear on that. I don't ever advocate violence at all, but what I am saying is we can never allow ourselves to be disarmed like Australia. If you've seen anything <laughs> from what's happened in the last year and a half, it should make you not have any trust for a government entity that tries to demand and dictate what you can and can't do with your body, especially when it comes to experimental injections. 
This is why I've been very, very proactive about telling people, make sure you are training. Just because you buy a firearm does not make you all of a sudden John Wick running around and a gunfighter. Just because you bought a pistol and put it, your, put it in your safe doesn't mean anything. Get out there and train. At least go to the range every month or so and practice and target shooting. And then try to work in classes and basically work with vehicle tactics and moving from cover and bounding. Work on this stuff, guys. It's a requirement as all patriots. So I encourage you, my friends, have a blessed, safe, awesome night. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Multiple specials on sale right now. The product of the week, which basically will change tomorrow. So be sure to vote for what you want to see win, the Vitamin E, Super Potent E. That is on sale one last day as product of the week, so be sure to check it out. Also, the N-acetylcysteine in stock, the Vitamin C powder, and our original prostate support back in stock on the front page of the website. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com. Thank you again, my friends, for getting this truth out there. Spread the truth. Loud and far, as much as you can, continue to stand on your convictions and support one another and stand by all of us. Because the thing about it is, there's gigantic movement and gigantic safety in numbers. And the more of us that stand up and make our voice heard, the more we can make a difference, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.